0: Welcome back, Julie. You and I are on a roll with Mm -hmm. topics this week, I have to say. Yesterday, we did the show on why there won't be a housing crash. The day before that, we did it on essentially why is the best time to buy a home and all the rest of these topics that seem to really make the bridge trolls want to come out from underneath their bridges (laughs) and and throw their venom at us. And you know what? That's fine. And everything we say and everything we're uh, going to present always on our show and our coaching program is based on fact not on our opinion. When we do bloviate and offer opinion, we always tell you that it is an opinion um, not necessarily based on fact, but mostly based on experience. So yes, to all of you who did not necessarily like the fact that we were clearly, I think, and elegantly and eloquently explaining why there's not going to be a housing crash, I will suggest to you that you got to ask yourself why it is that you want there to be one. What it is that was is festering inside of you that wants people to be experiencing such widespread hardship because in such and doing that sort of introspection i think you'll soon discover that maybe you too need to shift your mindset and approach and look for reasons why there won't be a housing crash and the good place to start is going to be the notes from yesterday's podcast which of course are always available in the show description but for the rest of you the feedback we've been getting from the shows this week have been extraordinary and we certainly appreciate it now Speaking of feedback and hearing from all of our tens of thousands of daily listeners, this is a topic that comes up all the time. For those of you guys who are in markets where you've never experienced a home sitting on the market and you want to know how to get the property sold and you want a specific drill down plan to present to your sellers so they don't have to worry about what have you done for them lately so today's show is going to be about 15 assuming we get through all these strategies to get your listing sold faster use this information obviously as intended but also use it to show to the seller that you have a very specific plan um, and yeah, this will make you more confidence because as we always remind you, knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. Today's show notes are down below. If you want to get the exact notes, cause we won't get through all 15 points, most likely scroll down, cut and paste, use to your heart's content. And also remember while you're there, join premier coaching. The link to join premier coaching is in the show notes. It costs you nothing. Uh, there is no risk. <laughs> you get immediate access to the first level of Premier Coaching. In addition to that, you do have access to our daily semi-private coaching call with a Harris Certified Coach. Thousands of you are, are in Premier Coaching. Make sure you're attending the daily semi-private coaching call. We are considering offering Ready for it, Julie? I've talked to you about this briefly. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. We are considering actually starting to do two daily semi-private coaching calls per day for everybody in um, Premiere. That way, people on the West Coast will have their coaching call waiting for them at 9 a.m. And then people um, at, you know, basically it'll be 9 a.m. on both ends of the country. So that is what we're considering doing. And based on the number of you that are benefiting so much from Premier Coaching. Uh, yeah, I think that we probably will do that. It will be at an expense to us and certainly time and effort. But if we can help all of you uh, in this market, especially from this market, we're all in. In the meantime, make sure you scroll down, you read these notes along with Julie and I as we present this to you and do absolutely positively join Premier Coaching.
1: Okay, so this podcast is especially timely because we are taking this straight from some of those coaching calls and coaching questions we get from our Premier members. For example... Here's a variety of of how that looks. Why does it seem that some listings are selling immediately in this market with multiple offers, but other listings seem to be sitting? Which are you experiencing? You might be experiencing both. What are you expecting and what are your seller's expectations?
0: Now, we're making the assumption that you're actually paying attention to what's going on in your market. True. True. Uh, so, if you want to validate what Julie just said, I'll suggest to you you go to the MLS. This is a simple takeaway homework assignment, which will, in many cases, make you guys really realize what's happening. And look to see how many expired listings there have been in the last six months or twelve months. Search by expired. Search the entire MLS, not just your little area that you specialize in. Look for expireds and withdrawals. Every single time I have an agent do this, the number that comes back is so big that they can hardly believe it. That tells me, and it should tell you, there are a lot of agents out there that don't know how to keep the listing if it doesn't sell within a week or two. The sellers, they don't have a plan. That's what today's podcast is all about. But again, if you think every listing is selling itself overnight, it's just not true based on the expired data.
1: Well, that's right. So now that there are fewer buyers looking, now that's especially true as you go up market, because remember that 27% of the most recent closings were still first-time buyers. So, but there are fewer buyers looking. Each showing is far more valuable to you as a listing agent. No one wants to have slow or no showings and then have to talk to the seller who trusted you and figure out what to say to them while the house languishes on the market. That's no fun. So what causes a listing not to sell? Why does a listing expire? Why does it get deprioritized by the buyers or buyer's agents? Why would a seller fire you when it's only been on the market a few weeks? How can a listing actually get zero showings or slow showings, especially when other listings sell immediately? This is a symptom of the changing market that you can have those two things happen at the same time.
0: So here's the super secret. Uh, you know, this is something we normally only share with coaching clients who've been in the business for, uh, been coaching with us for at least 10 years, but I'm going to share this with you guys now. This is the super, you guys have always suspected the most successful agents in the country, Oh, they may tell you what they're doing and how they're doing it. And you can, you know, listen to them talk on, you know, maybe it's a, a a panel or maybe you've listened to a podcast and the best agents in the country are sharing all their secrets, but you always suspected they're holding back and there must be some sort of smoke filled room that only certain people are <laughs> invited to where they share the really biggest Cigar secrets. club. Exactly. Well, I'm about to share with you the biggest secret of all the secrets here. Are you ready, ready for it? Listeners get ready. <laughs> The secret to being a successful listing agent is having the listing when it sells. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) The secret to being a successful listing agent is having the listing when it sells, which in many cases is going to mean you will have to be the second listing agent or the third listing agent. But when you are the listing agent, That has the age that listing when it sells, you are not only going to obviously get paid and make someone very happy, i.e. the seller or the buyer, you're also going to very quickly pick up other listing opportunities in that marketplace because the other would-be sellers saw that you were the only one that was able to get it sold. And that is an incredible opportunity that only a market like this makes available. Now, I also want to say... For those of you who already move forward and learn how to actually chase expired listing data, we are including a link in today's show description, which will give you exact information on how to get expired sent to you every single morning, along with the seller's phone numbers, everything that you need to become an expired listing agent, which is in our opinion, the single best opportunity there is in real estate right now is learning how to frankly become an expired listing agent yes I'm talking about Red X so scroll down show description look for a um, little ad for Red X and when you click on it and you enroll you will also in with Red X and start getting their data you will start then getting um, you know you also get $150 discount Now I'm gonna give you some advanced information about Red X make sure when you sign up you get old listing data as well as the newest list uh, old expired data as well as the new expired data if you go back about two years you're gonna find some of the best expired opportunities that there are these are listings that expired two years ago but those sellers when you call them and let them know that the house is actually increased in value by some cases double digits not only are they going to be able to obviously net more but because of the nature of the market and many markets it's still constrained by you know inventory constraint they're probably not going to have the same challenges with getting it sold now that they would have before. Maybe the condition of the location and all the rest of it isn't an issue. Maybe the inflated price, which is the reason it didn't sell before, is actually underpriced in today's market. Like we said, expired listings are perhaps the greatest opportunity there is right now in this real estate market. Scroll down, definitely start getting your expired listing data information from Red X. Don't say, well, I want to hunt expired Tim uh, and Julie, but I don't know how to do it. Don't worry about know how to do it. Just get the information from Red X. They go to your MLS, they go to your marketplace, they look for all the new expired. They send those to you every morning. So you wake up and they're sitting on your computer, are all the best real estate listing leads that are to be had in your marketplace. And definitely want to subscribe to Red X. Scroll down, click, it saves you 150 bucks. All right, Julie, let's get into it. 15 super secret strategies to sell your listings faster now.
1: That's right. Now you can look at that as super super secret strategies to sell your next listing as fast as humanly possible. Some of you are sitting with this scenario where a couple of listings you had last month went right away, but now you've got this weird scenario. For some reason, you've got a listing or listings that are not selling right away. So put yourself through the grinder on this list. Point number one, is your listing or listings poorly presented? Perhaps it has poor or no staging. This includes, but is not limited to, clutter, questionable smells, not being clean and not being bright. The goal is for the listing to show like new construction, like a model home. Consider adding shoe covers in a basket in the foyer with a sign that says, please remove your shoes or cover them to protect the floors, which may someday be yours. Now, note to self, you don't have to pay thousands for a staging company, but you do have to counsel the seller about how to prepare for showings, or you could include a two-hour consultation with your favorite stager. Second note here, and a lot of our coaching clients take advantage of this, Stagers can also be great sources of listing leads because the best sellers will call a stager before the listing agent because they actually are preparing the home in its best light.
0: When we sold real estate, we used stagers to basically deliver bad news to sellers because when you go on a listing appointment, Julie and I were, you know, listing tons of homes, and you're going on two and three of listing appointments a day. Uh, you don't have time to necessarily go through and tell them to put all their junk away and this, that, and the other thing, and you know, mob carpet isn't the thing that people want nowadays, type of thing. So we'd use the stager to deliver all the bad news. So we would essentially, you know, be enthusiastic and energetic about the listing, knowing full well that someone was going to do the heavy lift for us Yeah, don't be the bad guy. Yeah, don't be the bad guy. Don't be the... And when you're in listing appointments, the point of being in a listing appointment is not to be a home stager. It's not to be a home inspector. It's not to be a closet organizer. Your job when you're in a listing appointment is to take the listing, price it well, and then let the professionals do what the professionals do. Point number two.
1: Point number two, does your listing have a non-compelling description? This includes plain vanilla words like open an airy floor plan, which now doesn't mean anything. Don't make it sound like every other listing. Make the description convince me to show this property first. And if I'm the buyer seeing it online, I got to be dying to call my buyer's agent or you to get into it immediately.
0: Okay, here's your advanced coaching lesson for point number two. Use chat GPT4 to write the home descriptions for you. You don't have to do it anymore. And you'll have to learn how to basically enter in, you know, how to go about prompts. asking for it. Yeah, prompts. But when you do it, ChatGPT4 will start writing all your MLS and, you know, home brochure descriptions for you. It's a super secret strategy. It'll save you gobs of time.
1: Also super secret strategy. And some of our coaching clients have gotten this one to work. On the listings that are sitting right in your MLS description and agent to agent comments that your seller would consider a home sale or a closing contingency and will allow inspections. This will motivate buyers who have already sold their homes to see your listing and possibly write an offer.
0: Also, maybe they'll consider doing some form of owner financing. Point number
1: three. Okay, let me go back just for a second. Quick coaching uh, message on this. One of our coaching clients, and this has been too many coaching calls uh, ago, about 30 days ago to remember exactly who it was. She had a listing that was sitting for a while. Slower, no showings. Three weekends on the market. Added this to the description, seller will consider... A home, they're not saying they're taking. We just want to get more showings, right? Would consider a home sale contingency. Okay. She put that in the weekend before an open house. Again, trying to keep the seller happy so that she could be the agent when it actually sells. You know what happened? Three different couples show up to her open house. All three of them already had their homes in contract. None of them had actually set up a showing on this house yet. You know why? She asked them, Remember, three different couples, three different agents. Every one of them said, my agent said we shouldn't even be looking until our house actually settles. Yep. Okay. And by the way, she sold it that weekend from the open house. Point number three. Point number three. The pictures aren't exciting or worse. They're off-putting. This includes tiny iPhone pictures, pictures with kids sleeping in their beds, kitchen pictures (laughs) with dirty dishes, bathroom pics with the toilet lids up, the agent's reflection taking the picture in the bathroom mirror, and any number of unprofessional pictures. There's actually a dedicated website for worst pictures. Okay, this issue is easy to fix. Hire a professional photographer or take a photography class yourself. There are tons of easy and free photo tutorials on YouTube, so don't screw that up.
0: And by the way, your iPhone is all the camera you'll ever need.
1: Yes, Especially the newer ones are great. Okay, number four. Does your listing have too many showing restrictions? If you can only show it on a Friday afternoon if the baby isn't sleeping and it's sunny outside, you won't get many showings. If you can't show it, you can't sell it. This also applies to alarm systems, guard gates, and other complicated security measures.
0: That, by the way, is a big reason why houses uh, don't sell is because the seller is far too fussy to allow mm-hmm. showings at a convenient time for the buyers and the buyer's agents, and you guys aren't confronting them with that, and you're not saying that they're the reason it's not getting shown, or maybe you've delegated the uh, showing coordination between maybe a third party or an assistant, and so you don't know that your seller isn't allowing showings. It's
1: all going through an app and the seller's, seller's just not okaying it.
0: They're just declining, declining, declining. Yep. So you gotta you know dial that in and pay attention to what's actually happening, point number five. Yeah,
1: tenants can be declining stuff too.
0: Well, definitely. Okay.
1: All right. Point number five. Does your listing have poor curb appeal? Be honest. 50% of the buying decision is made from the street. Does your listing look like a house that someone would be proud to come home to, or does it look abandoned? Do do simple things to improve the curb appeal, like add a wreath to the door, a nice front doormat, plants on the porch, landscaping, weed removal, undead the grass, ungreen the pool, et cetera.
0: Well, the takeaway on that point, and it's really fascinating, is if someone falls in love with... I just... I'll never forget how... Practical that last point was, Julie, mm-hmm. when I, I remember when we sold real estate and we would, I had to learn that from experience, right? That you would have somebody that would instantly make a decision about the house from the street. Yep. So they could see a house from the street and it'll just look, you know, you and I used to call it nizing. Mm-hmm. And then you walk in and it's just a nightmare. The they still point. buy the damn thing.
1: Right. Well, that's right. Cause they had to, they had to think of themselves coming home to it.
0: But if they, if they didn't like it from the outside and they walked in and it was like really, really nice, they wouldn't buy it. Yeah. so they will buy it based on curb appeal before they'll buy it based on the interior and i'm not really sure the psychology behind that but it's good to know the psychology so you can use it to your advantage and one of the easiest ways is it should be self-evident to all of you landscaping removing old landscaping um you make know. it look
1: inviting you know exactly okay and that leads us to the second part of the decision-making process point number six does your listing give a bad impression when you open the front door So 50% is from the street. The other 50% of the buying decision is made in the foyer. A clutter-free, bright foyer should make the buyer want to see the rest of the house, not make them want to turn around and go see the next home. Well, that's very practical too. So if you have, let's say, three or four
0: you know, jumbo sized humans that are coming in the front door, right? With all their stuff. With all their stuff. And then there's a chair there, there's an extra table there, and there's all this crap in the foyer that maybe just aesthetically looks nice. But as soon as you bring in an agent and two buyers, all of a sudden it feels tight. That is going to be the thing that's going to kill the sale. They're going to say, as soon as I walked in, it just felt, I don't know. It felt, it felt, it, feel s- right. it felt tight. Well, yeah. it's because you left a table there and a mirror there and a big coat tree there. That's why nothing in the foyer is almost always the, the best move. Or
1: 20 pairs of shoes. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Okay. Point number seven, could something actually be wrong with your MLS listing? Maybe your pictures aren't loading. The description doesn't make sense or it's not categorized correctly. If you don't put in the square footage and somebody's searching by square footage, your listing simply won't pop up. If you're adre- if you're advertising a bunch of stipulations of what the seller will or won't accept, your listing will go to the bottom of the sh- uh, showing list or simply not get shown at all. So it could be a problem actually with how you've got the MLS showing. Or well, no, that's one of the things I ask coaching clients to send me when they have this problem is let me take a look at what you're doing in the MLS.
0: It, the lazy lack of MLS. You and I look in the We look in realtor.com. Never in Zillow. We look in realtor.com constantly uh, just for rentals and just, frankly, to pay attention to what's going on in the markets where we have investments. And it is excruciatingly painful to see some of these agents that put absolutely no, like the very bare minimum of information about the house. It's terrible. Yeah. Well, it's lazy too. Yeah, it's lazy. But I wonder, like, I, I mean, agents, if you're doing that, if you're playing that game, if you're not actually taking the time to really maximize out all the, you know, disc- the uh, info fields in the MLS, you got to ask yourself, how's that seller, when they discover that on Realtor.com, how are they, what are they going to think about you when they see that? How about this? The next seller, the neighbor who's thinking about putting their house for sale, and they see how you represented the neighbor's house in, in Realtor.com, do you think maybe that's going to work against you?
1: Of course, and you wouldn't <laughs> even know it. You just won't get the call. Okay, point number eight is you're listing in the wrong pricing segment. For example, if you're priced at $509,000, you're possibly the least attractive listing for a search from $500 to $750. That should be $499 to make it the best option for someone searching $350 to $500. It's best to list at the correct price in the first place, but if you're asking for a reduction, always call it an adjustment.
0: By the way, I'm going to go back and take a half step back. So when you and I were going after expired listings, we've obviously for the last two decades coached our clients through the same thing. One of the best things you can do is you can take not just a sample brochure, but a printout of the way it looked in the MOS from the retail side and also from the agent side, the agent to agent, the whole thing. You want that homeowner, who's that expired homeowner, to see how their house was represented and 99% of the time when they see what a piss poor job the previous listing agent, God bless them, did getting essentially marketing their property that in itself is going to want to make the seller want to list with you especially when you show them how you embellish your listings how you do multiple pictures how if it's a house over a certain price point maybe you pay for even more pictures how you're doing these flowery descriptions thank you chat GPT Four, you guys get the point You can actually win a listing in a competitive listing situation just because you can show the seller that you weren't lazy when filling out the MLS description. Simple, stupid things Mm -hmm. like that work like you cannot believe.
1: I know. We used to do it all the time. We did. Okay. Point number nine. Does your listing look clearly overpriced when compared to its competition? If there are 10 listings that meet a buyer's criteria and your three bedroom listing is priced like it's a four bedroom, you're always going to look overpriced and go to the bottom of the showing list. Split levels or buy levels priced like two stories or ranches usually look overpriced as well as anything else unusual for your market, like a house on a slab when it's competition all have basements. So that's something that's easy to fix. Point number 10, does your listing have a confusing floor plan? For example, a modern home in a colonial area, split levels or anything unusual need to have extra staging or be completely vacant so buyers and buyer's agents understand how the floor plan works. If you can't tell what a room is supposed to be, the home just won't resonate with the potential buyer.
0: By the way, this is the second time Julie's nicely mentioned this. One of the things that we had, of course, we never actually told the seller this, was our (laughs) listing plan of action is it's called remove the homeowner.
1: And all their (laughs) stuff if you can.
0: (laughs) Sometimes the house is awesome, location is awesome, the price is right. But the homeowner's, let's just say, you know, not necessarily creating an environment that's conducive to wanting someone to live, let alone consider buying it. Mm -hmm. So the remove the homeowner was our plan Z if it didn't sell within like, it was like 60 days. And it did work. It did, definitely.
1: Yes. Point number 11, does your listing have negative feedback that never gets remedied? Now, part of the problem with that is you might not be getting feedback. We can talk about that. But if you've got bad feedback and it doesn't get remedied and the price hasn't improved to reflect it, it's just going to expire. Repetitive negative feedback causes expired listings. Many expired sellers will tell you that they knew something must be wrong or they'll even say what was wrong. I know I had to change the carpet, but I just didn't, nobody ever helped me fix it. I'm too busy to get an estimate. They knew something was wrong, but nobody made them get it fixed. So here's a secret. Consider a pre-inspection, pre-appraisal, and home warranty for your next listing, and address some of these things up front before they even become negative feedback.
0: In some cases, it is does make sense. And I'm not going to suggest this just haphazardly. I'm just saying... For you to actually help the seller condition the house for sale, mm-hmm. you're going to have to make the determination of whether or not you feel comfortable in that because you could obviously lose the money. But you will also find sometimes that the local carpet place or whatever, if the uh, homeowner's got good credit, will give them essentially a line of credit. You know,
1: basically... You pay it at closing from their equity.
0: Exactly. And so there's different things you can do like that. I know there's companies out there that will do light rehabs on properties and you you know pay them back at closing and things like that. Um, but just different. It, it depends on the situation. Like if you had a house that needs carpet and this thing has to sell for that buyer to buy something that you're double ending. And by the way, the seller of the house that that first is double ending is also one of your listings and like added it up. It's just, you know, a large sum of money. <laughs> you should consider a helping that first guy in the domino chain, right. To do the repairs and or actually purchasing that house.
1: Yes, that's right. Actually, that came up on a coaching call this morning is just purchase it yourself if it all makes sense, right? That's an option. You got to think out of the box. Okay. Point number 12, does your listing have too many personal items like family pictures, degrees on the wall, specific artwork, wildlife mounts? We saw that a lot in Texas. These things can distract the buyer from focusing on the property itself and how they would live there. So don't have it overly personalized. It it can be very distracting. But you
0: know the irony of it is, it's like where we lived in Texas. Sometimes uh, that was
1: a good thing. It was a good
0: thing, yeah. In some rooms, like if you had some of the houses, they have, you know, a million heads. I don't know how else to describe it. If you guys (laughs) have seen this before, you know what I'm talking about. It's not for everyone, but sometimes... The, pers- the prospective buyer was very similar to the seller and guess what he was going to put his heads up there too. So well,
1: know your environment, you know what's appropriate and what isn't. Right. Okay, point number 13, does your listing have obvious detriments like bugs, dog hair, cat box smells, unidentifiable smells or stains, or other off-putting things that are making your buyer run away. Either uh, price it to reflect the condition or fix the condition. Even a dirty, smelly, scary house will sell for the right price. I'll never forget that. You remember the listing? Uh, I can't remember the agent in Columbus. He, I, It's the first time I saw this. He put a new listing in it, and he, his description was, it's dirty and it stinks, but it's priced right. And he was right. And he priced it like 20 grand under if it hadn't been dirty and stinks. JP. Yes. It and, was JP. You know, it was an honest it, description. It, but though. it was
0: the funniest description ever. I'll never forget that. Yeah. I know.
1: And didn't that make you kind of curious about what it was for the price?
0: No, it made me not want to show it. But. <laughs> I appreciate Somebody bought it, I though. appreciate <laughs> his honesty. Yeah. Yes,
1: there you go. Uh, number 14, does your listing have a lower than expected buyer side commission? If a buyer's agent is setting up showings and they have other choices, your listing will be deprioritized if the commission is too low. Now I know nobody's supposed to do that and you're not supposed to choose what you show, but it is reality.
0: Let's bounce off that because the reality of it is is in if you're having a house sit for sale. It does make sense to offer incentives, not just to the prospective buyer, but also to the buyer's That's agent. That's why I'm
1: saying to raise it, not to lower it. Right. If you're the only one with a lower one, you might be missing out. Okay. Point number 15, are you being complacent or ineffective at communicating with your seller? When there's competition in the market, you must have a proactive strategy for being the listing that wins. Your seller will be more willing to adjust the price that you, if you've been proactive about everything else on the list. Don't make the mistake of the only conversation being about price, price, and price. That's a great way to get fired, and it is a common thing that expired say to the next agent.
0: And by the way, never talk price. Don't say words like lower the price, blah, blah, blah. Cut the
1: price. Slash the price.
0: Exactly. You need to learn how to be scripted so you're not offending the seller. You have to, especially when we talked about expireds a second ago, but really any seller, you have to never forget that that home is a personal item to them. Yes, They are ready to sell it, ready to move on. But they also have raised their kids there. They have memories there. They have, you know, all these things that emotionally attachment, home is not like anything else. Maybe your dog, I don't know. I I mean, the reality of it is, is that if you are telling them And again, if this is an expired listing, they feel upset in a way. They feel like the market rejected them. They feel the market rejected something that they love, something that they care about. Even if it is for sale, there is an emotional pain that you have to be conscious of. And being conscious of actually makes you more effective because now you understand where the seller is coming from. You know, they weren't necessarily being greedy or their condition sucked or all these other things. They maybe are not, you You approach them like that, they're not going to hire you. You approach them with sympathy and empathy and understanding. You know, right. for them, this is a big deal. How many homes do the normal, does a normal person buy and sell in their lifetime? That makes you more powerful. Now you back it up with skills and you back it up with your ability to essentially move the person forward. You know, that's really what this market's all about. It's a skills-based market now more than ever. Don't wait in getting those skills. The link to join Premier Coaching is down below in today's show description.
1: So work to eliminate the 15 potential challenges that we presented. There's more, but these are the top 15 about getting your home, your listing or listings sold as fast as possible. Work on this before you actually launch the listing. And if that's impossible, you must price the home to be more competitive. It's no longer good enough for a listing to just be available. If that was good enough, it would be already sold. The home, you're listing must shine and be the clear choice for any buyer who sees it and any buyer's agent that's considering what to show. So this was the top 15 I think you and I could talk on forever about our past listing experience and our coaching calls and what our clients go through. But the fact of the matter is, the reason I, I uh, brought out these points was that I've had a lot of coaching calls with the coaches and with my own elite clients where they're having this phenomenon where the past three things that they listed sold like this, right? Multiple offers. And now they've got this, this house that they thought was priced right. It's staged pretty well. Looks like it's in a great neighborhood. And yet... It's been on the market a second weekend, a third weekend, and they're running out of skill.
0: Let's roll this conversation back ever so slightly. One of the Mm -hmm. biggest mistakes agents are making right now is they're not setting realistic expectations for their sellers. And so one of the things we give you in Premier Coaching is a, what is it?
1: Seller's 12-week communication plan? So
0: explain that to them.
1: Yes. Well, so part of the reason that you guys, you know. Explain what it is. You run out of things to talk about. So what it is, is what do you talk with the seller about on week one? Well, that's all the things you did to launch the listing. Week two, results of your open house, for example. But then we get into a pattern of, since you've been on the market, these are the homes that we were competing against that are now pending. These are the homes that are new competition. This is the feedback, et cetera, et cetera. So
0: we give you a 12-week plan, what to say to the seller when you call them, call them, call them every single week. You combine that with some sort of organized home feedback system. You combine that maybe with an automated automated CMA that's going out to them every week. Um, and there's other things we teach you in premier coaching. Like, for example, there's something I just thought of this. It's funny. Mm. The call before the call. Right. Yes. So if you have a seller and you need to lower their price, never say lower the price, say reposition the house on the market so you correctly reflect the buyer's expectation. Right. So if you know you have a big price reduction that's coming, uh, you need to not just call the seller up and tell them it's time to lower the price. Again, nope,
1: because they're going to say, what have you done for me lately? And
0: they're going to fire you. And you're going to end up basically not remembering the secret to being a successful listing agent, which is having the listing that sells. So you're going to have to prep that seller. By, and usually sometimes it's up to two weeks. Mr. Seller, listen, it's important that you understand that over the next two weeks, we're at a critical you know, phase in the marketing of the property. If we don't have a written, verified offer, by pick the date in two weeks from in advance. Uh, we're then going to have to have a conversation about repositioning the house in the market so we correctly reflect the market's expectation. And you're now so we got let's two weeks, so let's really drill down and I'll be keeping you appris of all the things I come across. Now that gives the seller two weeks to go from their emotional highs, emotional you know lows, it gives them an opportunity to sort of work through the realities that they're not going to get the property sold for the price they were hoping to get, all the stuff that normally would come out when an inexperienced agent just hits the seller with time to lower the price. All of the, you know, sort of vitriol that's going to pour from that seller towards you is now essentially been, you know, worked through because you've given them a couple of weeks to actually think through it. Maybe it's a week, maybe it's two weeks. You guys get the point. There are a lot of strategies that you have to employ in a market like this. So you are the listing agent when the listing actually sells. And there's other things too. You know, there's another script that we teach you guys when it comes to, you know, getting price reductions or even pricing the house correctly to begin with. Um, we call it, you know when what will cause your heart to stop kind of script.
1: What price causes your heart to stop? Yeah. Right, but
0: there's a script where you can go and work through the seller, especially ones that have expired, and especially ones that are still stuck to an unrealistic price because they think the market's two years ago. Right, there's different strategies and scripts that once you have these uh, internalized and memorized, you can then personalize them. But what you'll discover, and this is the magic of real estate, is that. Operating at a high level as a real estate listing agent is actually incredibly boring. And I mean that just like I said repetitive. It's repetitive. You're having the same exact conversations. Over and over and over and over again, in the same exact order, you can actually, after you've done this for a while maybe six months, maybe 12 months and you've had enough sellers, you actually know what they're going to say before they even have created the, you know, the, the words in their head, right? You can actually play out both sides of the conversation because every single conversation with every single seller and every single price range basically goes the exact same way. So if you know what's going to happen and you know what you're going to say, you no longer are nervous about, you know, all the things that, you know, you're going to now be willing to talk to the seller about condition, willing to talk to the seller about price, willing to talk to the seller about new competition. You are ready for any of those eventualities that maybe would, you know, frankly, take a less experienced agent out of the market. This market is about what you know. This market is about your willingness to actually apply the skill set that you know to help that person solve the problem. For many of you, this is a vastly easier market to be successful on because it's not just like a, you know, it's not like a Miss America competition, right? Sure. You know, it's not like who's got the most clicks, who's got the most likes, who's got the most social media. Now it's about the agents that actually have the ability to get the job done. And sellers are going to gravitate, they already have, towards the agents that actually are professional, not just because they know them from the tennis club. I know Bob from the tennis club or, you know, from wherever. But the reality of it is, is that I'm going to list with this agent who I just got a call from, who is very professional. I'm still going to interview Bob, give him a shot at getting listing. But I've already kind of mentally seen the difference between Bob and this other agent. Bob shows up. He's wearing his flip flops. He's acting entitled, has no listing presentation, didn't send a pre-listing pack, not didn't, didn't do a very good CMA in the past market you know, that seller would still list with Bob because they knew the house was going to sell itself. In this market, they're going to list with the other agent that they had no previous ties to because the other agent is frankly a premier coaching client, presented professionally, did everything we prescribed for them to do. Even as a new agent, new agents can hand more experienced, air quote, agents their asses because the more experienced agents never have actually learned how to compete in a market like this. I'm facting you guys right now. So if you've only been in the business for the last 15 years or less, Just accept the fact and be grateful for the fact that you're now accepting it, that there are so many things you can learn that will give you an unfair advantage in the marketplace. Hopefully, we've opened your eyes to a lot of these things on this podcast.
1: Well, you know what's really cool about a market like this that's shifting and they're having to increase their skills and go through different situations, have a greater variety of conversations, is when you get great in a market like this, you are unstoppable in an easier market. Totally. I mean, it's so much easier. You almost get cocky,
0: done. honestly. You do, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's you, kind of fun. You'll look for like when a seller says <laughs> when a seller gives you hits you with an objection that you'll have this, you know, distant memory of the old version of yourself like essentially turning to jello right in front of the seller. <laughs> yeah. Like right, you just like the frosty the snowman, you just melt into water. Because maybe you had that question asked of you a couple years before, and it completely knocked you out of the game. But now you're prepared. You know what to say. You're like you uh, can't
1: wait to hear it.
0: Yeah, you're you're <laughs> like the best you know boxer ever. You're so you know what that you know what the next move is going to be. You know how to you know dance like a butterfly or whatever it is that you know Muhammad well, Ali That's used called to say. conscious
1: competence, right. isn't it? That's when things get really fun. That's when you get into serious momentum.
0: But you can't fake that. No, you can't. You know social media yourself to trying to convince people that you are something that you're not. And I don't care how many, you know, how fancy your media is. It doesn't matter when you're in front of that seller, the seller is going to instantaneously know whether or not you're actually the real deal or not. And when they do know you're not the real deal, they're going to list with somebody else. Even if that person has no marketing advertising, no social media, because they need to get the property sold. You guys get it?
1: And those sellers that make decisions like that are actually your best sellers because they're so motivated. You know, they're going to sell. Somebody is going to make a commission. Those are the sellers that you're after.
0: Right. Look, our message isn't for everybody. We know it's not. It's for tens of thousands of you because there's tens of thousands of you that download and listen to our podcast every single day. But you know what? If you are in any way not in alignment with what we're saying, ask yourself why. And look, it's okay if you're just not wanting to operate at this level and if you're maybe not that serious about real estate, and maybe you just like listening to the podcast cuz you're moving towards being serious about real estate. Why don't you move away from the moving towards and why don't you just become what you otherwise what you're hoping and praying one day you'll be and use this market opportunity where there is this level of disruption that's happening to really become the best version of yourself as a real estate professional. It's exciting, guys, because of this market. So listen, thank you for keeping this the number one listen-to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. It is our pleasure. It is our honor to be your future or current real estate coaches. And if we would love you to give us a five-star review on iTunes or whatever your podcast listening widget is, most of you like 90% plus listen to us on iTunes, all you got to do is scroll down, hit five stars, and then say why the podcast was beneficial to you. We certainly appreciate it. When you do that, it helps us tremendously. Frankly, it helps us because we see your feedback. It helps us to know that we're on track. It helps us to know what you liked. But it also then tells iTunes, Apple that, hey, guess what? You know, Sally and Steve like this particular podcast. They're real estate professionals. And maybe iTunes then shares it with other like-minded folks. Help us Be in alignment with our vision. Help us to be in alignment with our highest and truest purpose on this planet, which is being of service to all of you. So then you can take the information that we give to you and you can be in alignment with your highest and truest purpose, which is being of service to others. In this case, your uh, real estate buyers and sellers. Hopefully all this makes sense to you guys. Have a fantastic day. We will talk with you on the show tomorrow.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.